Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Hello, everybody. Thank you so, so much for worshiping and connecting with us here for all together. Man, today we will continue our Roadblock and Relationship series, and I'm so excited. We're going into James chapter 4, verses 1 through 12 today. And last week we talked about the Roadblock of Secrets, but this week, today, we are going to talk about the Roadblock of Entitlement the roadblock of entitlement. Let's kick it off understanding what Brene Brown once said about entitlement. She says, what separates privilege from entitlement is gratitude. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) Entitlement is a silent sniper ready to attack our minds and every relationship we have. What's the definition of entitlement? Well, entitlement is the feeling that one is inherently deserving of privileges or special treatment. Some signs of entitlement are, well, you may impose unrealistic demands on other people. You tend to feel sorry for yourself often. You punish people passively when they don't do what you desire. Maybe you constantly see others as competition or threats. You need to always be the priority in any given situation. You may crave admiration or adoration, or you may have a challenging time compromising. This list does not capture all of the signs of entitlement, but if you find yourself committing such actions as we just mentioned, you may very well have a problem with entitlement. Hey, no judgment, but don't trip because there's hope. Today in the book of James, we will talk about this roadblock. You see, James, he was a leader in the early Christian church in Jerusalem after the death of Jesus. And he describes the practices of individuals who suffer from the roadblock of entitlement. People at this time desired to understand how exactly to follow Christ. So James said, I'm going to write a whole biblical book to explain that humility, not entitlement, while following the instructions of God is the way. This practical letter is filled with advice that helps us today. James, he was the half brother of Jesus, and he writes this short letter around 44 to 49 A.D., The advice from James, it puts feet to our faith and inserts humility to our life. James, he shows us that our lives have no room for entitlement because entitlement is the enemy to our relationships, our relationships with others and especially our relationship with God. So what is entitlement? Well, we gave you a good definition But James, he speaks more directly in verses one through three, showing us entitlement and its effects. 
entitlement and its effects. Listen to what James says. James says, those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? You want something and do not have it. So you commit murder and you covet something and cannot obtain it. So you engage in disputes and conflicts. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. James shows us that before the roadblock and conflict happens externally, there happens to be a war that is going on internally. The picture of a war inside of us is a vivid and true statement. This is why some days you can function in harmony and other days you may have some moments of conflict. You see, entitlement causes a war within us. It causes anger. It causes conflict in our lives. James continues with his description stating that we have desires in life. We all want something, right? And when we don't get what we desire, individuals suffering from entitlement will engage in disputes and conflicts with other people. Sometimes those people have what we want. Other times they're just a casualty of the war that's going on within. But yet in verse three, after expressing what entitlement is, James offers the why, (laughs) saying that, yes, you pray to God about the things you want. But God does not bless you with your desire because you ask with the wrong motives. Friends, entitlement, it sparks an internal war that tears up our relationships. It causes conflict. It affects our prayer life. It even affects our relationship with God. Friends, I want you to know something today. Entitlement is dangerous. And it cost us so much. We can find ourselves angry with God because God has not moved the way we wanted God to move. We can find ourselves frustrated with God because we asked God for something with the wrong motive and God decided not to give it to us. But when is the last time, not that you prayed, but that you examined the why behind your ask to God? When is the last time that you have asked God to search my heart. Better yet, when is the last time that you have taken it upon yourself to examine your motives? See, the roadblock of entitlement, it doesn't answer questions like that. The roadblock of entitlement tells us the lie that we don't have to examine ourselves, that we're always right, that we're really always perfect, and nothing is wrong with us something happens to be wrong with everybody else. Entitlement notices problems, friends, with everybody else while overlooking the problems that are within us all. Jesus warns against judging others, which is why in Luke chapter 6, verse 41, Jesus asked the reflective question, why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? The effect of entitlement is that we overlook what is problematic in us while pointing out the problems in everybody else. James tells us that to destroy 
the roadblock of entitlement and to stop the war that is going on within our hearts, we must humble ourselves instead of overlooking our problems. Because, friends, we are far from perfect. Friends, we've noticed entitlement and its effects. But notice with me in verses four through six, entitlement feasts off of jealousy. Entitlement feasts off jealousy. James says, beginning at verse four, adulterers, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you suppose that it is for, for nothing that the scripture says God yearns jealousy for the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives all the more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. With very strong language, James says that believers should join together with God and always remain connected to God. However, when a disconnect happens, it doesn't mean that you're connected to nothing. It just means that you have placed something else in God's place. And the text tells us that if we allow anyone or anything to have the priority spot that God only should have in our lives, guess what? <laughs> you're putting yourself in an enemy territory with God. In fact, you are looking up saying, God, I am your enemy. You don't want those problems. See, James, he's really frank right here in the text. I mean, my brother James is not playing. He's telling us that if our godless agenda is more important than a life with God, guess what? Entitlement is hurting us greatly. And as we replace God with you name it, fill in the blank, it breeds jealousy, not jealousy from us, but jealousy from God. Don't believe me? Flip over to Exodus chapter 34, verse 14, and it tells us not to worship anything else. Why? Because God is a jealous God. Now, don't sit up here and say, oh, my God, how is God going to be jealous? I don't like people to be jealous of me. Well, check this out. God can be jealous. Why? Because God created us. See, when we believe that our agenda is more important than God's agenda, our entitlement is leading us into a land that will eventually cause us hardship and pain. That's why the text says God opposes the proud. But gives grace to the humble. You got to understand that entitlement is the big sister of pride. But if you want to be in a fight with God that you will lose, just be prideful, just be entitled. But if you want God to grace you for the journey, if you want God to bless you in your life, humility unlocks the blessings of God. As one scholar suggests he says that God demands complete loyalty from his people and he provides the grace to achieve it. Isn't that awesome? Hmm. Friends, don't allow your pride and entitlement to cause you to be an enemy of God and experience the jealousy and the wrath of God. You see, humility is the goal because with humility, we receive God's grace. With humility, we benefit from God's mercy. With humility, we are to shed our entitlement because we really have no right to anything. We're given 
everything by God and we are to steward it properly. Let me illustrate it for you and you'll understand what I mean. One day, I went to one of my favorite places, the movie theater. And it was this real long line. We were standing outside to watch one of the great Marvel films that were out at the time. And as I was sitting in the line with my wife, I noticed there was this huge sign that talked about the theater's reward system. Well, I didn't care nothing about that. I just wanted to go inside, have my popcorn and my nachos and watch this great Marvel film. However, I noticed on the sign that if you pay $15 a month, that you receive special benefits at the theater and the concession stand. Well, that sounded pretty cool. But before I could even say anything to Lauren about it, suddenly I hear this loud lady come from the back of the line. I mean, she's loud. She said, oh, uh uh-uh, I'm not waiting in this line. I'm not waiting in this line. And then I heard her as she walked past me. She said, I pay $15 a month not to wait in this line. You got to check this. Honestly, she paid $15 for maybe some free nachos if she come four or five times consecutively. She doesn't pay $15 to escape waiting in a line. But guess what, y'all? That's entitlement. (laughs) Entitlement will make you think that you are better than everybody else. Entitlement will make you think that waiting in the line is beneath you. Entitlement will make you think that you are so great that guess what? Everybody else is just good. But check this. Entitlement is an enemy to your relationships. It's a enemy to God, but guess what? It's also an enemy to your patience. Entitlement is a huge roadblock and it it affects the totality of our lives. Friends, we've seen entitlement and its effects. We've noticed that it feasts off jealousy. Well, you may say, okay, well, Josh, you telling me this from James, but how do we destroy this roadblock? Well, if you don't want to look like that lady at the movies, Check this. Understand. Get like lean real close into the screen. Humility and repentance destroys entitlement. I just gave you the answer to the test. Humility and repentance destroys entitlement. Listen to verses seven through ten. It illustrates it for us. Verse seven, James says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into dejection. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Here James tells us, that the roadblock of entitlement is destroyed as we get closer to God. Y'all hear that? See, the closer we are to God, the more we are changed. The closer we are to God, the more our thoughts are changed, our speech is changed, and our actions are transformed. Now, in case you're saying to yourself, how can I get close to God when I can't see God, Josh? How can I get close to God when, like, I don't know where God is? Well, check this. Look at verses 7 through 10, and it outlines it in a proper format for us. Right there in verse 7, we see James says, submit to God. How do you do it? Well, submit to to his instruction, and guess what his instruction is found in the Bible? Well, he says, okay, resist the devil and he will flee. That's also in verse seven. What does that mean? Well, stop living in such a way that conflicts with what God desires. 
All right. In verse eight, what, he, what does he say? He says, live a life that pleases God. He, he uses this language when he says, cleanse your hands. No, he's not just saying wash your hands after you come from the restroom. When he says, wash your hands and purify your hearts, he's meaning be kind to somebody. Be moral. Treat everybody like you would want to be treated. In verse nine, when he says, lament your sins, he's telling us, grieve your sins. Don't overlook your sins. Learn how to self-reflect and ask God to transform you. But verse 10, I love it. Because he talks about humbling ourselves. If you remember, this is the second time in this section of scripture in verses 1 through 12 where the half-brother of Jesus has said, humility unlocks the door. He's repeating himself over and over and over again because you will destroy your pride. You will destroy your entitlement. You will destroy your high-upness. How? By humility. Humility and repentance is how we are able to destroy the roadblock of entitlement. I don't know about you, but I love how James defines entitlement and how he offers us practical steps of overcoming this toxic way of living. See, entitlement can be a roadblock, but guess what, y'all? Entitlement is dangerous. Friends, it's been said that entitlement is a delusion built on self-centeredness and laziness. Hear that? I'd have to agree with that. Because see, here James is telling us to be self-reflective. Not only seeing what is good about us or what's great about us, but also noticing the sin that's in our nature. The times that we were nasty to someone because of the frustration in our life. The time that we held a grudge that we thought served us, but in fact also hurt someone else. James said, notice your wrongs and don't just notice them, grieve them. Lament them. Go to God about them. Grieve them and simultaneously step closer to God. The God who reveals, the God who humbles us, the God who shows us our need to repent. I believe that humility and repentance are words that many of us fool ourselves into thinking they don't apply to us. <laughs> but James shows us not only do they apply to us, but in fact, they are the secret sauce to harmonious living with God and also with others. So let's reflect right now. Where is humility absent from in your life? When is the last time that you told God you were sorry or repented for the bad actions you committed? When we treat humility and repentance as occasional practices, it is easy for entitlement to sneak its way right into our lives. James has preached to us, y'all. He's defined entitlement, also its effects. He tells us that it feasts off jealousy. He's even given us the remedy today by telling us humility and repentance destroys the roadblock. But then I like my brother James because he offers us a charge right here in verses 11 and 12. And he ends this thing. He lands to the plane in his good Bible sermon. And guess what he tells us? Here's the lesson. Critics aren't needed. Disciples are. I'll say it again. Critics aren't needed. Disciples are. James says, don't speak evil against one another, brothers and sisters. Whoever speaks evil against another or judges another speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, 
but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and to destroy. So who then are you to judge your neighbor? Friends, are you a critic or are you a disciple? Which one? James tells us that the goal is for us to be a disciple, a Jesus follower, not one who goes in and out of various contexts critiquing everyone and everything that they do. You know, it is easy to critique someone, but it's challenging to actually submit and follow God. Followers of Jesus commit to the ways of Christ. However, critics critique the ways of Christ and submit to nothing. Many people today have learned or leaned more into the occupation of critic instead of disciple. And sadly, many of them are Christians. Friends, however, Jesus has a remedy. And he even calls us out and he called ancient believers out through the words of Paul. And Paul said in Romans chapter 14, verse four, I like the message translation here because Paul says, do you have any business crossing people off of the guest list or interfering with God's welcome? If there are corrections to be made or manners to be learned, God can handle that without your help. Do y'all hear that? I want you to remember something as we prepare to close today. Entitlement critiques, disciples follow. Entitlement critiques, disciples follow. Friends, as we end today, I want to be transparent with you and say, curveballs are cool on the baseball field, but not in life. Recently, life threw me a curveball. And I was stunned for a while. I didn't really know how to handle it. Didn't know what to do. I didn't understand really how to cope with what had happened. I needed some time to recalibrate and get my bearings underneath me. However, for a day or so, I walked around pretty quiet, just kind of going through the motions, doing what I had to do. Nothing more, nothing less. However, I walked around expecting somebody to notice what was wrong with me without me ever saying a word. That's entitlement. After a couple of days, I realized that I had to open up my mouth and say something. And I began sharing with my friends and my family what this curveball was and how it made me feel. One of my friends said this after me sharing this to him. He said, I'm glad you told me this. Now I know. And we are in this together. Right after he said that, I told him, I thank you, man. I breathed a sigh of relief and I said to him in a repentant way, I should have said something sooner. Mm. Friends, sometimes all it takes is a teaspoon of humility and a cup of repentance to make life better. This week, I want you to replace entitlement with humility and the desire to critique with repentance and watch, just watch how beautiful life becomes for you. The world doesn't need more critics, friends, but the world can benefit from more Jesus followers who are filled with humility and who practice repentance daily. Let's just be that instead of the critic. And so our together takeaway is very simple. It's this repentance and humility 
destroys the roadblock of entitlement. Repentance and humility destroys the roadblock of entitlement. Maybe you're watching this and you may suffer sometimes from feeling entitled, being a bit too prideful, drinking your own Kool-Aid, not understanding that everybody else has some great tasting Kool-Aid as well. If that's you, drink some humility this week. How do you do that? Don't, don't believe your hype, but give somebody else a compliment. You see somebody going through a hard time in life, encourage them. Send out three uplifting and encouraging text messages this week. And in your prayer time, spend more time repenting to God than sitting there asking and running the laundry list of wants to God. Friends, I promise if you do that, you can destroy that roadblock of entitlement. But here's the truth. You may destroy it one time, but that's something you got to destroy each and every day. You know, friends, there's one roadblock that God destroyed for us. And it's the roadblock that was blocking us to him because of our sin. He destroyed that roadblock with Jesus coming to earth to die on a cross for us 2,000 plus years ago. And I want to ask you, if you're watching this, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Because if you don't, all you have to do is repeat after me. If you're ready, I know I am. Just repeat after me. I'm a sinner in need of God's love. I admit that Jesus died for me. And I confess that Christ is the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer, we're excited. I'm over the moon excited for you. But if by chance you have some prayer requests, I want you to email us today at alltogether at spdl.org. Y'all, it's almost Christmas time, and I don't know about you. I'm so excited. I get to sing Christmas music, get happy, all of that. But before we make Christmas about us, don't ever forget it's about Christ. And if we're going to be the hands and feet of Christ, I have an opportunity for you. We are doing what is called Christmas During Finals, where we are going on the campus of Georgia State and Georgia Tech on December 7th and 8th. We're going to give them a great box of Chick-fil-A. And we're writing handwritten notes. We're in that process right now. If you would like to give to this effort, you can do so by going to spdl.org. Or if you would like to write a handwritten note, please email us at alltogether at spdl.org. And we can make that happen for you. Remember this. We have no reason to be entitled. We have every reason to be humble and to be thankful. And I hope you will join our efforts of, of blessing some college students. But more than that, I hope you will join the effort of destroying the roadblock of entitlement and turning that roadblock into a lifestyle of humility. Have a great week, and I hope to see you next week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponstelian Baptist Church.